Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now we're going to take a brief break from our teaching in Philippians for Pastor Michael's conversation with Professor Craig Hawkins about what to do with the Enneagram. The numbers just don't add up. Well, hey, listening family, this is Pastor Michael Lance, and this is Walk in Truth. And we have a very special couple of episodes here with a very special guest, Professor Craig Hawkins. Uh, way back in the day, Craig was my prof for many classes at a place called Simon Greenleaf University. Craig, do you remember way back? I then? actually do. <laughs> it's getting harder. <laughs> that was the 90s, man. Can you believe it? Yeah. But uh, I will say, Craig, thank you again for grounding me in the essentials of the historic Christian faith. I remember taking evening classes with you, and you did a great job of just making sure we understood the essentials of the faith. And then kind of using that as a bedrock, you uh, went off into the occult. How do we understand the cults, the occult? We Um, should qualify that, though. When you said I went off into the occult. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you, you <laughs> heard now. Hawkins, I knew there's something bad about yeah, that guy. You didn't become a teacher of the occult. You were teaching us about the occult. Yes. And comparing and contrasting it to historic Orthodox Christianity. And those were some fun days. I remember uh, some great classes with you, some great classes with some other wonderful professors like Gary Habermas, a yes. class on the resurrection. Uh, I still remember driving Gary home one night and talking a little bit more and just uh, the beauty of not only defending the historic faith, but the implications of it, that uh, it really matters. Like when Gary talked about the loss of his first wife um, and what got him through that was the resurrection. And so um, here we are. We're going to be talking about something that may be brand new to many listeners to Walk in Truth or Christian Radio, as it were. Uh, maybe some folks have dabbled with this and maybe others have heard some good, bad or indifferent about it. And it's something called the Enneagram. We have an event happening at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, where I serve as senior pastor. And Professor Craig Hawkins is coming out for an evening service called a 633 event. And it's an evening apologetic service where we do a little bit of worship We do some teaching. We're going to be teaching on the Enneagram, its origins, uh, Do the Numbers Add Up is the title. And then we're going to do some Q&A, Craig. And and Q&A is always a wonderful time to just hear from people and maybe clarify some things. So uh, looking forward to that evening. Anything you'd like to share about maybe – just encouraging people to come on that. Well, night. I like what you said. It's it's the Q and A. It's the back and forth. So people will have some other insight or something they want to ask about, and it allows you to directly address that at the time. Yes. And so that's what I love about the in person, especially the Q and A. Yes. And for many many years, I think a couple decades now, you've done a. Q&A type call-in show on KKLA. And a TV program. And a TV program. Mm -hmm. And so this is, you know, it it is a sweet spot for you. You do a great job with it. And we're excited to have you on July 17th for that 633. We'll talk more about that. But if you want to find out about it, it's already on our app. Download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. 
And just uh, the event will be right there. And you can also go to walkintruth.com and you can find out about the event. Come, come on down. It's going to be well worth your time. So, Craig, here we are. We're talking about something called the Enneagram. And again, I kind of laid out some people may know what it is. Some people may not. It is certainly something that is uh, you could call maybe a hot topic, both uh, outside the church, but I think we're really concerned about inside the church. It has started to permeate some Christian circles. Before we go there, can you define what is the Enneagram? What what exactly are we talking about? Yeah, in, in a nutshell, and there's a lot of material on the internet, and not that I recommend their teachings, but there is the Enneagram Institute, and they have the charts and the so-called nine personality types and so on and so forth. But basically, Enneagram comes from the Greek word for nine and then a word for drawing or writing. Mm -hmm. So it's a drawing. Originally, it was the Enneagon by the original – I can't say founder. It it appears there might actually be a Sufi connection. Sufism is a form of mystical, esoteric Islam. This is debated, but I was just looking at a site, uh, a Muslim site – excuse me – a Sufi site, and they had the, the thing, and they proudly own it. But at any rate, uh, the, its origins is debated, but cl- we can trace some of it pretty clearly. But basically, so it's got nine points. If and in fact, the original—I say I'm going to use the word founder, at least as it was brought to the West, to Russia, and then to, to Europe, and then America. It had nine, he called them forms of, of deity, nine points of forms of identity of deity, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then it developed from there to, to alleged nine personality types. And, and I think you're right in addressing this because many see this as, look, this is just a tool. This is a neutral tool that gives you further insight into yourself and others and helps you grow in sanctification. So mm-hmm. it gives you tools for identification, allegedly. Right. Of course, we'd ask, where's the power uh, to, to implement that? But that's the idea for those mm-hmm. who are in favor of it. And there's a lot of best-selling books. Um, from ostensibly Christian publishers saying this is a tool. This is going to help you grow. Mm-hmm. Self-knowledge is important for growth and maturation, to love God and love others. You need to know who you are and what your stuff is. Mm-hmm. Non-technical term, by the way, there. Yes. <laughs> stuff. And, and grow from there. So what could be wrong with that? Yes. And when we think about origins, I know I've done nowhere near the reading you have on this, but uh, – there, there have been some that have tried to kind of trace the origins back to some desert fathers of the Christian faith or uh, the Kabbalah or something like that. And almost as if to try to give it a little bit more credibility in Christian circles. And a lot of that is really debated. And, and, and the little reading that I've done on the Enneagram, I, I don't think it really holds up that that's really the origin. And, and as people think about why does this matter, why are you even talking about this, Is it are you trying to be divisive or whatever? No, that's not what we're doing. We're actually trying to be shepherds. We're actually trying to warn the sheep about potential dangers. And we were talking, Craig, in my office right before we, we began this interview, and it does seem like every time something like this comes up, it goes back to kind of the same basic Genesis 3 lie. You know, when you partake, then you will be as God. Now, the personality part of it kind of paints it in a different way, but you are just getting at something that's really important for our listeners to understand, that the original intent was 
to find one's true self or divine uh, – you got to wake up to who you really are. Don't you know who you are, man? And this is going to help you. What's the the subtle danger in that? Sure. And, and let me just say this though. There is what's called the damning the origin fallacy. So in one sense, we're not all caught up in the origin of it because you can say something like this. Well, Hitler brushed his teeth so I'm going to knock mine out. Yeah. Or Mussolini was really into punctuality of the train so we shouldn't care that our trains or transportation be punctual. So we're not just saying that the origin is bad, but there, but there are problems with it, and it doesn't go back to the desert fathers. It goes back to the occult, and but it is it's the perennial question: Who are humans? Who are we? Who do we want to be? One of the earliest figures I'm just going to mention his name is Gurdjieff, who lived in what would be modern day Georgia, now not Georgia, America, but in the former Soviet Union. And then he traveled around the world and whatnot. And he was heavily involved in the occult, various forms of occultism, studied various religions, traveled to India, China, many, many other countries. And at the end of the day, his teaching was, even though it did develop over time, uh, but he talks about it when his book dealing with called Remarkable Men and his interaction with these spirits, these ascended masters, kind of like theosophy – Kind of like what's called Course in Miracles, that is we've fallen asleep, we don't know who we are. But at the core of his teaching is that we are have an essence. This essence is divine. We have gotten caught up in our ego, and then there's nine types of egos, and so we are we are deceived, we are confused, we are oblivious to who we really are. And so his teachings and his his shops and his institute, he had to move out of the for, former Soviet Union because he was a multimillionaire uh, through a number of practices. And so uh, being communism going on there, he had to get out of that area, kept moving to Paris and eventually to, to America, but but uh, but the point is, or Paris, and then has institute here, is that through dancing and meditation, mantras, mandalas, all the things of the occult and Eastern religions, one could discover who they truly are and get back to the core of their divine nature or true self. And, and something that uh, he admitted, you had mentioned to me, he had admitted on video, and I saw the references to the video is that he got the insights into the personalities through automatic writing. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people. Would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. Back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. I want to pause here for a second because you've used the word occult. I don't want to assume that everybody knows what the occult is, but most of our listeners probably do. So the occult means the occluded, uh, maybe we could say that, which is behind the veil. For believers, it's forbidden. Give us a a little wider definition of the occult, and then, then let's talk about how he stated that he got these insights through automatic writing. Yes. What is that? We're going to look at four key players 
Uh, the first one is Gurdjieff, and then there's one of his main students called Ospensky, P.D. Ospensky, and then a guy, Ikazo, Ikazo, and then a guy named Naranzo, and the last two, one's out of Chile and then came to America and whatnot. But, but they all were involved in forms of the occult. So, yeah, so what is that? By the occult, we mean the esoteric, the occluded, you use that word, the hidden. It's only revealed to initiates. So mm-hmm. if you're not an initiate, you're, you're not an adept would be the term. You don't know these things. You don't give them to anybody. You have to be a special person and really work at this. And then you learn the, the secret, the esoteric, the hidden, number one, that's number one. Then two, uh, practices and beliefs. It's both practices and beliefs. It's not just beliefs. It's not just practices. The practices are give um, – manifestation of the beliefs about the spirit realm and whatnot. So through the dancing dervish, a term used for some uh, within Sufi, they they dance until they go into an altered state of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And they do that to contact spiritual beings. Indeed, uh, Gurdjieff's main book is called Meetings with Remarkable People. I mentioned that earlier, but the correct title is Meeting with Remarkable Remarkable men. But he's really not talking so much about humans. He's talking about spirits and one in particular, the main spirit, that taught him these things, gave him these insights of who he truly was, what his nature really was, and all of humanity and how humanity was deluded and how he could help them Mm -hmm. through his teachings and through the Enneagram. Because he Mm -hmm. saw the Enneagram not just as a symbol, but it actually represented all of reality, of the cosmos and deed of God. So the occult is a secret, the hidden, the occluded. Number two, beliefs and practices. Mm-hmm. Number three, from the Christian perspective, it is the forbidden. Mm-hmm. Indeed, Deuteronomy 29, 29 says the secret things, the occult things, mm-hmm. belong to God. But the things he has revealed to us belong to us and our children's children through all generations. So that's a three-part definition of that. And every single one of these guys was headlong, not just dabbled or radically practitioners of things occult. Mm-hmm. So as we're we're, we're kind of going right now into the the diagram itself, the enneagram itself, and someone it's it's essentially its founder saying, "Hey, all the answers are found here." Now, if that doesn't ring in Christians' ears as a problem, then there's something wrong. So here we have. Um, I was thinking of first century uh, issues addressed in John one, first John. And that is Gnosticism. Does this have some connection to Gnostic thought? It's not Gnosticism per se, but it has parallels. Uh, the Gnostics or the Proto-Gnostics, for example, First John, we know John is dealing with a guy named Serentius, and he was teaching stuff like this, that the physical world is either illusionary or at least not important. So you can full-on indulge it. Literally in the sense of, uh, of orgies and stuff like that, literally. Or you can do aestheticism. It doesn't matter because either it doesn't exist or it's not important. But the ultimate insights are based upon knowledge, not mere faith. Pistis would be the noun in Greek. Not faith, but knowledge. That's where it comes from. Gnosis is one of the mm-hmm. main words for knowledge. Gnosis, epinosis. So they claim to have knowledge. So I don't think there's a direct tie-in per se, but there definitely are parallels. There may have literally been in history someplace where they connected. But the ideas do. Just as earlier I mentioned uh, the Course of Miracles. That was what and what actually um, 
Oh, what's her name? I'm trying to think of uh, oh, Oprah. M- Marilyn. Yeah, uh, Mar- Marianne Williamson. Marianne, yeah. uh, but that was the big thing, the main thing that Oprah Winfrey was into. Yes. And, it, and again, it wasn't the same, but the parallel idea, we are the son of God. We are divine. We fell asleep. We've forgotten who we are. We had a nightmare believing we were separated from our divine self. And now salvation, enlightenment, mm-hmm. becoming awake as realizing your, your divinity. So if I could use one more big word here. Pantheism. It's mm-hmm. either pantheism or panentheism. That just means from two Greek words, all, pan, and theos, God. All is God, God is all. Now, it may be that actually the Enneagram really is panentheistic, which means we're in God. God transcends us in some sense, but we are part of God. And you literally find phrases like that. Mm-hmm. We are part of the divine. That's our essence. And so that's what the anagram was all about, or the Enneagon originally. It was mm-hmm. for you to discover, in quotes, mm-hmm. your, divin- your divinity, your divine, your true self, your, yes. your, your real self. Well, hey, listening audience, this is Pastor Michael Lance. I'm here with Professor Craig Hawkins. We've jumped right into the Enneagram, and we're describing it and explaining it and talking about origins and why it would be an issue and uh, it, it's it's really uh, interesting and fascinating to to talk about some of these things. And you know, I was thinking about people talking about needing to be initiated maybe into this knowledge so you can be in the know. And maybe that's some of the the connections to Gnosticism. But I was thinking as you were talking, Craig, that okay, we as believers know our problem is sin, right? Sin is what separates us from God. We That's why we need a Redeemer. That's why we need Christ. The Enneagram, coming at it from a totally different angle, a non-biblical anti-Scripture angle, is saying the problem is we fell asleep and we don't realize who we are, our divine self. And this is a whole different worldview. This is, this is um, a non-Christian worldview, and that's why we're talking about it, because – I can hear someone saying, uh, you know, maybe this you guys are overdoing this apologetic stuff. Isn't this just like the uh, the Myers-Briggs personality test gives you a little bit more insight into your strengths and weaknesses and stuff like that? But that's not where the Enneagram is coming from. How did it get from uh, these kinds of origins and this, um, you know, kind of aim or goal? to something like nine personality types. Sure. So let's go back to that. But let me make one more comparison. Okay. So Scientology makes the same type of claims. You don't really know who you are. There's the Theoden trapped in you, the mm-hmm. divine being, and you don't realize it. And only through their programs and their auditing e-meters and reading yes. can you possibly receive enlightenment. But they claim it's just like this. It's neutral. It's a neutral tool that anybody could use. But is that really true? So – now, to go back. So, Gurdjieff, again, he's born – we're not sure because he kept changing the date they said he was born. He, he mm-hmm. was known to contradict himself and, and say – little, little, little leaguers from other countries. <laughs> touche. Touche. So, born approximately 1866 and died in 1949. Again, so he's really the progenitor of this in, in the Western world that comes over to us and into all things occultic. And then one of his main students, disciples, was Ospensky. Ospensky, a Russian, uh, he's born 1878, just dates for a little chronology there. So he was heavily influenced by Gurdjieff, one of his main disciples, if not the main disciple. And he wrote a book called The Fourth Way. 
Now, the fourth way doesn't mean much to most people, but think of the New Age movement. That's what we're talking about here. And he really, uh, his views, Ospensky's views through, from Gurdjieff now come into what's called the New Age movement. And then there's two guys more contemporaries. In fact, they just died. One of them died in 19, uh, 2019 and one in 2020. So then we have basically Oscar Ichazo. Oscar Ichazo from Chile studies this, gets really into it. And, and imbibes it. And then, then one of his, uh, became a student and then a peer of his was uh, another individual named Claudio Naranjo. Claudio Naranjo was actually a psychologist, psychiatrist. He goes down to Chile. He was working with the Esalen Institute. Some of you remember that. I'm old enough to remember it in Big Sur. A major New Age center, think tank, all things New Age mm-hmm. were taught and practiced there. Um, yeah, and I heard, I heard- I read someone say if you think of that uh, institute, think of people taking LSD naked and uh, you pretty much understand some of what was going on there. Pretty wild place, yes. Yeah. No exaggeration. None of this is. By the way, a lot of this stuff, like for example, on Gurdjieff, comes from his book, Meetings with with um, you know these major remarkable men, these spirits. So that we're not making this up. We're quoting him actually right. and Ospensky as well. And so basically the two become a team, that is Ichazo and Naranjo, they become a team and they're the ones, especially Naranjo is the one that invents. By the way, they both said they admitted on tape, the interview's still out there, that it wasn't that ancient. They just they threw that in to make it sound more, have more mm-hmm. credibility. But the key thing is Naranjo in particular, and you can go online and see and hear the interview, he says – yeah, there were the no, there weren't nine personalities. We added that, me and Ichazo, but, and he mainly, Naranjo does that. And he says, and I got this from my, from my observations. Some, some of it was from my observations as a psychiatrist, but most of it came through automatic writing, mm. as you so, said earlier. Yeah. Now, now we come to the occult. Yes. Uh, and we've already been there, but here's, here's another, uh, reason to be concerned. So automatic writing, as I understand it, is one who comes under the power of a spirit guide, Mm -hmm. messing with the occult, has some sort of spirit often named and there's a name given to Mm -hmm. this spirit that uh, guided this. And uh, someone takes basically a pen or a pencil and their movements are being directed, ideas, what they write – Totally by this spirit. Is that accurate? Yes, that's exactly it. it they go into a trance state, mm-hmm. uh, uh, totally overtaken by the spirit, as you said, and then they begin to write and they write exactly what that spirit wants them mm-hmm. to communicate. It's a, a major form of occultism. Mm-hmm. And, and Naranjo proudly owns this. He doesn't hide from it. He says, yeah, that's, that's how the bulk of this came about. Yes. This is Pastor Michael Lance. I'm here with Craig Hawkins. And we're going to do a special 633 apologetics event at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, right off the 91 Freeway in Lincoln Avenue. This is happening July 17th. It's in the evening, so it'll give you plenty of time to go to church in the morning and come on out. We're going to have a little bit of worship. We are going to have uh, Craig and I interact on some of the material you've been hearing, and then we're going to do a Q&A time on the Enneagram. And this is really important because this permeated much of the professing Christian church and uh, as you can tell, if you've been listening just to this first segment, the origins are dark, and uh, this this is a concern. And we're going to talk about some of the implications of this and why it is dangerous and why you need to beware. 
And uh, there's, there's a lot to talk about. But that event happening, you can check out details when you download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. And you can find out driving directions to Living Truth. Just remember, mark your calendar, July 17th, 6.33 in the evening. By the way, we're having a dinner. We're going to have some pizza and we're going to have some great fellowship. We always got to include some good food, Craig, right? Well, I learned from my Indian (laughs) brothers, meeting without eating is cheating. (laughs) There you go. I like it. So this is all happening at Living Truth on the 17th of July. Plan on being here. This is an important evening, and it will give you more answers to equip you in your most holy faith. We'll catch you right here tomorrow for part two on this interesting topic of the Enneagram. See you here. You've been listening to Pastor Michael's conversation with Professor Craig Hawkins about our free 633 event coming up on July 17th. It's called What to Do with the Enneagram. The numbers just don't add up. Learn more about the free event when you visit walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. And if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk in Truth is on the Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and helps us to do our free apologetic events too. Please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And come back tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's conversation with Professor Craig Hawkins about the Enneagram. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people. 